Hello and welcome to Autism Matters, the official podcast series for autism, the International Journal of Research and Practice. I'm your host, Laura Crane, and I'm absolutely delighted to have Dr. Noah Sasson joining me today. Noah works at the University of Dallas, Texas, where he's an associate professor, and he's here today to talk about his really interesting work that looks at people's first impressions of adults on the autism spectrum. Noah, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. I want to start by asking how you became interested in doing research on first impressions in relation to autism. Well, historically, my work has focused on social cognition in autism, which is how autistic people perceive and interpret social information. There have literally been thousands of these type of studies at this point, and they've helped identify differences in the brain and behavior of autistic people that may affect their social skills and their social interaction quality. Uh, But of course, social interaction requires more than just one person, and there has been really relatively little work focusing on how the perceptions and judgments and decisions made by non-autistic people affect the social experiences of autistic people. So together with a graduate student in my lab, Daniel Faso, we thought a good first step to addressing this issue would be to look at how first impressions are formed about autistic people by their non-autistic peers. And why is it so important to do research on first impressions specifically? Well, first impressions have long been researched in the field of social psychology, and they've been shown to be formed very rapidly based on limited information, but still they predict approach versus avoidant behaviors. They can be stubbornly resistant to change. So they're incredibly important in predicting people's social experiences. So we thought if first impressions differ in some way for autistic people, they could help us identify factors that might affect the quantity and the quality of social experiences for autistic people. Now I want to move on to talk about your article that's recently been published in our journal. But this isn't the first paper that you've published on first impressions. And your last paper on this topic has some really negative findings. Could you tell us a little bit more about those? Uh, Yeah, that paper was a collaboration with Dan Kennedy at Indiana University and Ruth Grossman at Emerson College. And in the first of the three studies reported in that paper uh, that was conducted in my lab with Daniel Faso, we found that first impressions of autistic adults made by neurotypicals tended to be more negative than those of typically developing controls. Not on everything, though. Um, The autistic adults were rated as just as intelligent and just as trustworthy as the comparison group, but they were rated as more awkward, less likable, less attractive. Uh, And these traits can predict a person's interest in pursuing subsequent social interaction. And that's exactly what we found. We found that neurotypicals reported a greater reluctance to want to socially interact with the autistic participants. Uh, But those results, interestingly enough, were only found when neurotypicals could view or hear the autistic participants. When they made their first impressions based solely on a transcript of what was said, autistic people were rated no differently than the comparison group. And uh, this led us to conclude that the negative first impressions of the autistic participants uh, were being driven more by style and not the substance of what they were saying. In your current paper, just in the previous paper, you developed a really neat way of looking at first impressions by getting your participants to do a mock 60-second audition for a reality game show. 
Could you tell us a little bit more about that and what they had to do? Yeah, it seems like a pretty odd task, but it's one that was developed by another research group and had been previously validated, so we thought it might be a good task to use here. Uh, in it, what happens is we hold a mock uh, audition for a TV show, and it forces participants to try to sell themselves a little bit, which is another way of saying that they have to make choices about how to present themselves in ways that they think will be socially appealing. And it's meant to be slightly anxiety-producing, kind of like what many people feel when meeting somebody for the first time. Uh, and the task worked well for us because it captured a rich amount of social information in a very short period of time that we could then show to observers to make their first impression judgments. Let's talk through some of your key findings now. First, you found that first impressions were less favourable for autistic participants compared to those who were neurotypical, which is what you found before. But importantly, you found that if you disclosed the person's autism diagnosis to the rater, that this had a positive effect. Why do you think that was? Well, in our previous study, the neurotypical raters were blind to the diagnostic status of those in the videos. But in this one, we manipulated whether raters were provided the diagnosis of participants or not to see if first impressions of autistic people differ when their diagnosis is known. And as you said, we found that autistic people were rated more favorably when their diagnosis was provided compared to when it was withheld. Uh, we think that m may have occurred because the diagnosis gave the raters an explanation for what they perceived to be as social or stylistic differences and, make, and therefore making them a little more sensitive and less judgmental about those differences. Importantly, though, even with the boost that the diagnostic label provided, first impressions of autistic people still lagged behind those of typically developing controls. So it's by no means a silver bullet for overcoming negative stereotypes or discriminatory judgments. Am I right in thinking that, whilst the findings were slightly more complex than this, if the raters themselves knew about autism, then their impressions of autistic people were better? And if that's the case, rather than autistic people needing to change their behaviour, might the public need to change their knowledge and attitudes towards autism too? Yeah, that was one of the more interesting findings from our paper. Uh, we were curious whether we could identify characteristics of the neurotypical raters that were associated with more favorable impressions of autistic people. And it turns out that most of the characteristics we measured in the, in the raters, their gender, their age, IQ, their personality traits, had no association with how autistic people were rated. Um, but one measure we collected did matter. We gave our raters a test of autism knowledge, and greater autism knowledge about autism was associated with more positive first impressions of autistic people. So, as you suggested, uh, one implication of this finding is that greater awareness and understanding of autism by non-autistic people may improve the social experiences for autistic people. Something else that I found really interesting was that you also got your participants to rate the first impressions of people with schizophrenia. I wondered why you decided to include that comparison and what you found. Yeah, so some of my other research compares social understanding in autistic people and those with schizophrenia, which of course is a distinct condition with different symptoms from autism, but like autism is characterized by social disability. So including a schizophrenia label here in this study allowed us the chance to test the relative stigma associated with two conditions that are affected by social disability. 
And it turns out that while providing a label of autism improved first impressions uh, in our neurotypical ratings, raters, a label of schizophrenia had the opposite effect. It made them worse. Uh, and this led us to conclude that at least in this sample of university students who were our raters, uh, schizophrenia carries a stigma that autism does not. So while knowledge and awareness of autism continues to improve, particularly among young people, there remains a lot of unfortunate misinformation, I think, about schizophrenia that probably contributed to this finding. One more finding I wanted to ask you about was regarding mislabeling. So you told your raters that neurotypical people were autistic when they weren't. And when you did this, you found that the neurotypical people were actually perceived to be more favorable. Why do you think that was? Yeah, that wasn't something we specifically predicted, but it likely occurred for the same reason an autism diagnosis boosted first impressions of autistic people. Uh, neurotypical people were probably rated more favorably when mislabeled as autistic because that label provided some external explanation for any social aspects uh, a rater perceived to be negative, and it worked to soften their judgments. But what this also means is that the diagnostic label was beneficial regardless of the actual diagnostic status of the person. So first impressions went up when autism was presumed, even when that presumption was wrong. Finally, before we wrap up, what would you say is the take-home message from your research? Well, many autistic adults try to hide their diagnosis or mask their autistic characteristics out of fear of discrimination or judgment, and this can be really stressful and exhausting. Um, but in our study, their diagnostic status actually improved how they were perceived. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean we can say based on this study that diagnostic disclosure will always prove beneficial for autistic people. It might not occur in all contexts, uh, and each autistic person is probably in a better position to decide when it will be beneficial to them. Um, our study was with university students who likely have more familiarity and experience with autism than other groups of people. And we were just looking at first impressions from recorded videos. So how things work in the real world and other contexts like professional settings, job interviews, or personal settings like going out on dates is something this study can't address. Um, but however, our finding that impressions of autistic people improve when neurotypicals have more autism knowledge is probably broadly applicable. Uh, it suggests that the social experiences of autistic people get better when those around them are more understanding about autistic differences. And this is another uh, point I'd like to highlight here is that, you know, one of the motivations for pursuing this line of work came from autistic people themselves, not only those I've worked with personally in my lab and who have particip participated in my uh, research studies, but also from autistic voices I I've read online. And I think it's really important for re researchers to value and incorporate autistic perspectives uh, about the factors that shape their experience and help it guide their research. Noah, thank you so much for joining me today. You can find out more about Noah's work in his article entitled First Impressions of Adults with Autism Improve with Diagnostic Disclosure and Increased Autism Knowledge of Peers.